you want to it's the Ron and Don show starring Ron and Don and sometimes me at ronanddon.com Hey you guys what's going on it's episode number 185 of the Ron and Don show we're live from the Les Schwab studios and thanks to everybody that stopped by uh, a Les Schwab either you've done that or you're planning on doing that they have 85 locations in Western Washington and they are collecting food right now. And Ron, it's never been more important than here in 2020. Yeah, there are a tremendous amount of people, especially with the economy this year, that are food insecure, have small kids, and don't know what they're going to do. That's where you and I, if you've been more fortunate this year and bounce back a little bit better, uh, help them out. Grab some food. when you, Next time you go to the grocery store, put it in a bag and then stop by a Les Schwab. Say, Ron and Don sent me. You don't even have to get out of your car. They will come out and uh, pick it up out of the car window from you. And you are just doing the right thing because Les Schwab is doing the right thing. This year is probably the most important year in in many, many years. A lot of people need our help this year, and so let's all chip in. LesSchwab.com, find that location near you. And then also don't forget, Ron and I are licensed brokers at Windermere. Is we head into holidays. If you're thinking about doing some real estate, going on a journey in 2021, reach out for one of our buyer books or one of our seller books. We wrote these ourselves. We're really proud of them. And there's some really crazy pictures of us in there, you guys. We look crazy. And we maybe we are a little crazy. Who knows? But we're crazy fun. You'll have a good time with us if you decide that we should go on this journey together. Write Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. And then we'll sit down together and do a Ron and Don sit down. Hey, coming up, a lot of economists are saying the economy will return and begin to return uh, in 2021. But they also say something very unique will never happen again. So let's talk about that straight ahead. And also, I want to share a real estate story with you that's pretty inspiring. Uh, And I think uh, it may be something that will inspire you to go on your own real estate journey. Before we do that, though, let's do this. I thought this was very interesting. Jack Nicholas, who kicked off the Masters, uh, was asked, and we're not really talking Uh, particular politics here, but we're going to talk about what we're supposed to do with our politics. He was asked a number of weeks ago about how he felt about Donald Trump, and he gave a full-throated endorsement of the president. Now, since the election and the Masters has started, and I guess Tiger's doing pretty good, right? Uh, He was asked again if he would like to say anything about the election or if he'd like to say anything about the president. And somebody even asked him a question you, you, cause, cause Jack Nicholas has always had, he's carried himself very well. He's always had great dignity. He's always lost with dignity. Not everybody in golf does that, but Jack Nicholas did. Uh, and they asked him, they said, one of the reporters there, they said, Hey, could you call the president? Cause they're good friends and maybe teach him how to lose with dignity. Hmm. And Jack Nicholas said this, he said, you know what? I think I've talked enough politics He also kind of made a statement saying that maybe politics, he shouldn't have mixed that with golf. And this is what I'm wondering. As we head into 2021, and as we come out of this election cycle, 
And they say the, the official election is, is over on November 15th. That's when both sides will disband their teams. And they're supposed to stop raising money because a lot of them have been raised, trying to raise money uh, for legal issues and to pay the bills on both sides. But I, I, I saw something interesting from my older sister. My older sister's Republican. She supports the president, the, our current president. And she said that she was signing off of Facebook. And, there, and, then, and then she shared some of the reasons that she's signing off of Facebook. I've seen a lot of people say that they're signing off of Facebook and they're joining something called Parler. And one of the reasons they're joining Parler is they say it's like, it's like Twitter, but Facebook is not going to come in there. I guess Facebook now uh, and Twitter is supposed to do this to some extent. We're supposed to look at the content. And if the content's not true, uh, then they mark that and they flag that. And evidently on Parler, they're not going to do that. So there's some people that are upset with Twitter for doing this, and they're upset with Facebook, so they're going to leave that format. Uh, and I don't know if she's doing that. She just said that she's leaving Facebook, which was really surprising to me because it's one of the only ways that I talked to her. Uh, after my little sister had passed away, I started to call my family members a lot more, including my older sister. And for whatever reason, my family members don't call me back. I don't know why that is. But when I call them, they always answer. We have these great conversations. I used to get really mad about it, and now I don't. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call my family members. I'm going to have a conversation, and I'm not going to worry that they don't call me back. The only way I really know what's going on in her life, though, because she's a travel runner too, is looking at her pictures on Facebook or seeing the pictures of her new grandbaby or seeing the pictures of her kids, uh, my niece, my nephews. Uh, one just became a lineman, which is really great, right? The old uh, Glenn Campbell song about being a lineman for the county. I sent him that song. He didn't know what I was talking about. But nonetheless, I'm excited to have a lineman in the family. Uh, but she's leaving that platform. And it has to do with politics. Ron just shared something with me because I grew up with his older sister, Leslie. And she had written me something uh, that I thought was actually really nice and beautiful and kind. Uh, but it had to do with politics and it had to do with something that I had written on a Facebook page that she was reacting to and, and she wanted uh, me to read this. And so I did. And I appreciated that, that Leslie, even though I don't agree with her uh, on everything, I appreciated uh, in a very civil way the way that she shared her truth with me. What do we do? What do we do with our politics on this podcast, in our golf games, at the gym, uh, with our colleagues, uh, with our sisters, with our moms. It's been so divisive as we head into the holidays, as we spend more time with each other. And hopefully we'll do that while we're socially distancing or on a Zoom call or something. What should we do with it, uh, Ron? What do we do with all this? Because it is spilled into our lives. And we end up sometimes fighting with people over things that we never thought we'd fight about and with people we, we thought we'd never have a fight with. And it is just, it is, it is bled over. And it's and, and now on social media, we're all trying to get one over on somebody or we're trying to be clever or on Twitter. It is brutal the way that people just punch each other out. Uh, what's your take on it? Well, I'm trying to think of this in real time. Uh, to me, the biggest thing is if you are a secure person, I think, and well-adjusted, then you need to have, I believe, a mechanism to deal with what is true and how do I deal with being wrong about something. 
And so, and then what does that mean? And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is we all carry around things that we think are true and things that we believe in. And what is your reaction when you find out that you were wrong? And it can be small thing. Like your son just asked us a minute ago how to spell a word. And my initial reaction was wrong. I thought it was spelled one way. And then you asked Siri and Siri said it was spelled a different way. It's like, okay, I had that wrong. So, you know, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And that one, not, not, I, I wasn't smarter than a fifth grader. And so, but there are people that would dig in on something like that and feel mad. The reaction would be either self shame. God, I can't believe how stupid I am and I can't believe the kids in fifth grade and I don't know, I can't spell it. And they would get up really upset at themselves legitimately over that error. Or, you know, there's a, there's a, there, you get what I'm trying to say. There's different reactions to that. So uh, a question was posed. I was wrong. I got corrected because I just looked it up online. And so now how am I going to respond to that piece of information? Well, you know, hopefully I've evolved over the years where you can say, Hey, not a great speller. Um, I'll, I'll try to do better next time. Maybe I'll look it up next time. And, and I'm not going to take it out on your son. I don't want to, I don't think I should take it out on myself. Um, and because I just spelled the word wrong. So let's, let's extrapolate that out. Maybe you believe in something that is a lot more closer to your identity. It could be global warming. It could be human rights. It could be abortion issues. It could be politics, something that is doing there. And so you, you take like this vote that we're going through right now and all the lawsuits. Well, if, if I told you in another arena, so take politics out of it and let's say it's your next door neighbor and you're going to have you have a dispute on your fence. If that person lost 12 times in a row in court, what would you think of their credibility? They said this person has sued me 12 times over this fence line. They have lost 12 times. I think all of us would say I think that person is wrong. I think that person doesn't understand the law. They don't understand where the fence should go. And they should probably at this point drop the case. Uh, and so what we have to do, I think, is come up with a mechanism where we, we can understand what it means to be wrong. It's not personal. The truth doesn't care whether you take it personally or not. The truth is just true because that's what it does. So I think that's one lane. The other lane is I do think you, you brought up Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Parlay, I think is the way they pronounce it. It's a French word. You said how? Parlay. Parlay, okay. Uh, is, you know what? I was wrong. There you go. Yeah. The pronunciation. At least that's how I read it in, the, in the story. I'll, ex I'll accept that. Is, um, Damn it! Is to say the way these platforms are created is for profit for the companies. And that, that means that they are using us. We are the product. The user base is the product. They're optimizing that product to create profit. Where does that product come from? Advertisers. And so if, once you understand that model uh, and you insert political ad or shoe ad or real estate ad or food ad, doesn't matter what the ad is, we're the product. And so it's all it's doing is optimizing for that the product for profit for the company. So when you put the political ad in there, the one that we click on is the one that generates more profit for Facebook. And so if we're clicking on the negative ad, 
the the software doesn't know what the content is. It just knows what the click rate is. Mm. And so if 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 a political party, Democrats or Republicans, they're sometimes they're doing sixty thousand variations in a day. Mm. All the software is going is this one got more clicks than that one. Okay, then this one got more clicks than that one. And it just ratchets up the effectiveness until that ad's no longer effective, and then they start all over from the bottom again. And so it's it's us as the user base that's clicking on that. And we're the ones that are driving it into these conspiracy theories, are driving it into these echo chambers. And so I do think... Or driving a wedge in our family. Right. I yeah, do think that Facebook and Twitter will be just fine if you remove politics from the platform. Say, so you, you know what? Don't accept political ads anymore. You can still sell me a car. You can still sell me some socks. You can still sell me a t-shirt or a vacation. Like those are fine. But the politics and the disinformation, uh, I think needs to stop. Not only that, but when you look at how it's used in foreign countries, there have been literal massacres and people killed, uh, in other countries along political lines, uh, because of the platforms. And so uh, I think, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is trying to wrestle with this. It's a huge source of income for them. But maybe instead of making uh, $100 billion, you make $80 billion. You're still making money. Uh, that would be my thrust on that. Yeah. It's interesting. I grew, I grew up in a house where it was modeled for me that our, my parents and mostly my father did not apologize ever. Never apologized. Was never wrong. And so that was really important to me as I got older. I didn't apologize. I was never wrong. And then a couple of years ago, I started going to therapy and I found out how wrong I was about a lot of things. Uh, and maybe in some ways I started over apologizing. I, I dated a gal and she's like, you're, you're, you're sorry about everything. I'm like, because I got a lot of catching up to do. I got a lot, <laughs> I got a lot of things to be sorry for. And, and I'll tell you where I've landed on this is I, I, I look at politicians and I ask myself, When's the last time they said they were sorry? And didn't put the conjunction but in it, right? If I offended someone. Yeah, no conjunction. No if and but, just I'm sorry. That was never really modeled for me. And that's hard to do, to just say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's very, very difficult. I have to do that with Ron sometimes. It's really hard for me to do it. It's not natural. It's, it's, it, it's not a natural thing for me to apologize. It has really created a wonderful relationship, though, with my son, because I apologize to him. Uh, and I don't want to say a lot, but I do apologize to him when I'm wrong. I apologize to Charlie the dog when I'm wrong. I apologize to my mother. I try to apologize to my friends. And I try not to add the conjunction, but. I try to take responsibility for those things. And then they say, when you know better then I'm going to do better. And I will say this. I have thousands of people just from my radio career that follow me on social media. I have never kicked a person off my platform or blocked somebody because of something they said about me or something that I disagreed with. I've never done that. The only time that I blocked people and I went and I looked at my Facebook page, out of all the years I've been on Facebook, I have the maximum amount of followers that I can have on my platform. We have tens of thousands of people that follow us. On, on this podcast, we have lots of people that write us. Some people love us, some people hate us, and they let us know. The, the, the interesting thing is, 
I went and I counted. There's 31 names of people that I blocked that I went and looked at. And all those were people that were not being civil that started going after other people that were being civil on the platform. And that's why I took them off. And it wasn't because they said something personal to me. I want people to disagree with me. I don't want to be on a platform where everyone agrees. I don't want to be in a silo. And if that's what parlor or parlay or whatever that's going to be, I don't want to be on that. I, I, I want to be in a place where I have to say I'm sorry. Because when you're sorry, it means that you're connected with yourself, you're connected with others, and, and, and you are taking a personal responsibility, not only in your own life, but your family's life, your colleagues, your friends, your neighbors, whoever that is. And it's horrible to me that we have politicians right now, specifically, that are not modeling this for this generation. And our kids need us to model that. So anyway, I'm sorry if I went uh, a little too long. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side of this. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Catherine Walker. I was on the board at the time of Plymouth Healing Communities, which is this small nonprofit here in Seattle that provides permanent supportive housing for adults with chronic mental illness who've experienced homelessness. Um, we were deciding to sell Agape House. I have a lot of confidence in Don, so I contacted him to ask him if he would be willing to help us. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. I expected that we would hire a real estate agent and that agent would earn a commission, whatever the kind of standard is. And maybe we might be able to negotiate a little bit, but that we would pay a commission and that would be just part of the cost of selling the house. When I told Ron and Don about Plymouth Healing Communities and what we do and what we've been doing for 20 years here in the community, they were so, I guess, moved by the mission of the organization and the incredibly vulnerable population that we help, we serve, adults with chronic mental illness who've experienced homelessness. They offered to donate their commission to help our organization. So it was, um, it was incredible and so appreciated by our organization. And I would highly recommend them for any kind of you know, real estate transaction. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, uh, it's episode 185 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we can sit down with you in 2021 if you're thinking about going on a real estate journey. We would love to be a part of your team. And we have a real big team that we bring to the table. So whether it's staging, whether it's getting a property frontline ready, whether it's looking at your title, whether it's figuring out financing, what you can afford, dealing with a bank, dealing with a lender, dealing with us. <laughs> we have a team that does all that stuff for you. So it makes it a lot easier. Here's what you have to do though. You have to do your homework right? Before we sit down with you, you have to do your homework. 
We have a buyer gift. Uh, I'm sorry, a buyer booklet and a seller booklet. It is a gift, really. It is. Give it to you. Just write Ron, Ron at windermere.com. We'll send you that book. It's going to create a lot of questions, and then we'll have something to talk about when you sit down with us virtually, and we do something called a Ron and Dunn sit down. We do those every morning starting at 7.30. So we would love if you would consider us to be a part of your real estate journey in 2021. Ron is a website. If you want to find out more, write Ron, Ron at windermere.com if uh, you'd like to get one of those booklets. And yes, we are live from the Les Schwab studios today. Let's talk about the economy. I was reading something today that said there's a real division in this country, not just when it comes to politics, but when it comes to the economy. And Ron, we have seen this even as we look at people's real estate journeys. People have upsized. Uh, In fact, we have one client that lived in a $400,000 home And now they live in a $1.4 million home because they're in tech and they were able to do that. And they said, hey, if we're going to be working from home with my partner, then we need a bigger spot, a bigger place, somewhere where we can go and have two offices. And they were able to do that. There's a lot of other people, though, that are on the other side of that where they're like, hey, how am I going to pay my rent? What's going to happen when the government assistance goes away? How am I going to put food on the table this Thanksgiving? Or even as we head into the holidays, what am I going to do in 2021 for a job? And it seems like there's a real division, not just in politics, but also when it comes to the economy. They say in 2021, the economy will, will, will start back. And in some ways, it'll come storming back in certain places and sectors. But they also say there's certain things that we are never going to see again in our economy. And we need to begin to prepare ourselves for that. Because if you've ever read the little book called Who Moved My Cheese? And if you haven't, you should read it because that's what's happened here for a lot of people, especially for the people on the have not side. The cheese has moved, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I kept thinking of when you were talking about that is, is adaptability. And um, of course, in our entire lives, um, the way I've thought about it is adding tools to my toolbox. And so before we ever got into radio, uh, we had a lot of different jobs that we've done together over the years. And I think hopefully you saw this in me as, you know, because we've known each other since second grade, is I've always felt a little insecure about whatever it is I'm doing at the time. And so I've always felt like I need to know when I go into a situation, I try to learn the everybody's job, like to feel like I could do anything Whatever field I'm in, I want to be able to do it all and do it at a, at a pretty high level. And so I go out and I've worked hard to learn those skill sets. And, and that's served me well over the years. And so I think that many people um, are afraid that if this thing, I've learned this one thing, and if it goes away, I'm screwed. And that if we could have the mindset of like, how can I always be thinking about adapting uh, at whatever stage of life you're in? To always, not necessarily have a plan B, but if the if you do need to go into plan B mode, that you have more than one thing. And so our, our radio lane has changed into what we're doing now. And we both had this lane where we had been involved in a lot of real estate and we, we, we switched lanes. And I'm, I'm grateful for the people that have given us a chance to do that with them because it is a radical change. Like, wait a minute, you're a radio guy and now you're doing real estate? Like, doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, it does in this in the way that you, we are taking skills and transferring them, and so that's what I mean. My biggest thing to to folks that are out there, I was reading a 
some tweets today by David Chang, the restaurateur. And he's like, hey, my whole life's been in restaurants. And that's what I do. And the Fortune 500 doesn't necessarily speak to mom and pop restaurants. And he's like, we, we need a little help here because you're still going to want to eat. And we're still going to want restaurants. And so we need just a little bit of help while we're waiting for this uh, vaccine to kick in. I'm paraphrasing the tone of what he had to say. But I, I love his restaurants and I love his personality and I love how he worked himself up from the ground up. I agree with him. Like for that specific categories of the economy, I don't think we just go, hey, stock market's almost a record highs. Screw everybody else. No, the restaurants of the world, the service industry of the world, I, I do think we need to, to build a bridge to those folks and to, uh, to give them avenues to say, hey, if you're willing to change and you're willing to change lanes, take the skills that you had, uh, I think it's up to everyone to try to provide on-ramps for folks. Uh, it is not going to be easy. The, the economy's coming back. It's, gonna be, it's definitely going to be different than it was before. Yeah. There is a restaurant, and I'll give them a plug at the top of Queen Anne. It's called Provisions. They opened two weeks before the shutdown. They were one of the first restaurants, and, and, and it's not like they have this huge client base because they've only been open two weeks. And they were one of the first restaurants on Queen Anne to start doing takeout. And this is when Tom Douglas was like, hey, I'm going to fold. Ethan Stoll was like, I'm going to fold. And this little restaurant at the top of Queen Anne would not fold. I went by there a couple weeks ago. They had got a permit from the city to open up this parklet. They're out there building their own picnic benches. They're painting their own picnic benches. And, and this would this is would be when the weather was nicer. And and the thing was, it's it's still you still had to be able to park cars there during the day. So every evening they're out there and they're pulling out all these picnic benches and putting up all this fencing to take over this. And then they're bringing out this grill and they're just they're they're just cooking hamburgers and hot dogs and whatever they could cook just to keep their doors open. And then the rain came and I'm like, what are they going to do now? Because and then when they're done, they pull all the picnic benches and the grill and everything and they go stack them over on the sidewalk. Uh, and, and so business can return and cars can park during the day. Now what they're doing is they're dragging out all these picnic benches and they're dragging out all these tents and it's tents and it's picnic benches. And there were heaters. There were people out, and there were no heaters last night. And there were people out there sitting in the pouring rain without heaters, eating hamburgers from this place that didn't even serve hamburgers when they started because they, they, they want them to make it. They want them to succeed. People in the neighborhood see this unique place, this unique spot, this unique restaurant that went into a building uh, where there had been a lease sign there for over a year. And, and that's what we have to remember in the midst of all the Amazon trucks that are, I think I counted 16 of them on my street today. I am proud to say that during this pandemic, I have gotten six things from Amazon, six. And those things are either connected to uh, my son and his schooling or a bike that I tried to get three times. Other than that, 
I go to Ken's Market, my neighborhood market. I spend more for groceries there, and I know I'm spending more than if I went to one of the big box stores or if I had the groceries delivered from one of the big box stores because I want them to make it. I want a place like Provisions to make it. Ethan Stoll from How to Cook a Wolf down the street saw Provisions do that and said, hey, if that little guy can do that, this big guy can do it over here. He's now doing the same thing, dragging out picnic tables and putting up tents. He can afford some heaters, so they have heaters there. We have to remember during this time that when this is all said and done, you are going to want to walk down the street and you're going to want to walk into brick and mortar stores. You're going to want to go get a Sunday with your kids. You're going to want to go get a hamburger at Provisions if they're still around. You want Ethan Stoll to make it. I want Tom Douglas to make it. The big guys, the small guys, and everything else. So let's just make sure. I know it's important to stay home. It's also very important to take care of those businesses that are in our neighborhood if we want these neighborhoods to still exist in 2021 uh, and beyond. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I just, the person that popped into my head, there's a woman of color that opened a yoga studio down the street for me. I'll give her a shout out to six. And she started making smoothies and Asahi bowls and stuff. I've taken you in there. Mm. So I'd, I'd pop in when, when I think about it, just to like, even if I don't need a smoothie, <laughs> to go buy a smoothie because I want her to, to be around in my neighborhood. Yeah. My, there's a little game store where my son would go and, and play games with his friends every Saturday. He hasn't been able to go in there. Um, and we haven't been in there since they, they closed off that area. And there's a game that he's really wanted that's online that I could get for $29.95. And the game store is $49.95. Holidays are coming. We went and we got the $49 one last night because I know that money is going to hopefully kick, keep that brick and mortar store around. And hopefully in 2021, my son will be back there playing cards with his friends and smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. That's what they do there. I'm just joking. Anyway. Yeah. Ron's right. Skills. Having mad skills. Uh, and we can just end this segment with this. I was there when he was a male stripper and he was the DJ and running the lights and the smoke machine and providing change all at the same time. Those are skills. We'll see you on the other side of this. We heard your plea. Now you have three, three episodes of the Ron and Don show drop every Monday, Wednesday and Thursday. Hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. All right, you guys, episode 185 before we get out of here. Uh, I thought this, this was a really cool story. Because I, because I, th- I think sometimes as we get older, uh, and we feel like we're pinned down, and in some ways uh, we feel like our getting up into our sixties, maybe heading towards seventy, and and you just feel like um, that's kind of it. You know, you went out, you live your life, you had a good time. COVID's here now. Now what are we gonna do? Um, and I just want to share this real estate story with you. I think it was really cool. Seven weeks ago, seven weeks ago. Uh, we had a client that contacted us because they said, you're not going to believe what we just did. We have been living out in Duval forever, for 17 years in a home and we raised our family and we have all these connections to the neighborhood. But you know what? We're into our 60s now and we've always wanted to live in Colorado. We just always have. And what the pandemic has taught us is that life doesn't go on forever. And so what they did is in a very safe manner, is they went to Colorado. They have an RV. 
they ended up buying a home there in Colorado that they've always, in a place where they always wanted to live. And then they came back to Duvall. They contacted us and they said, hey, we just did something kind of crazy. We just went and bought a house in Colorado. We think we're moving to Colorado. No, we are. We're moving to Colorado. Well, they better if they have a house down which, there. Which, which, which means we need to sell this house and we need your help to do this. This was seven weeks ago. So anyway, we went, we visited, we did a run it on sit down virtually. And then we went, we socially distanced. And then we came up with a plan for selling their home. A number of weeks later, in uh, a number of days after that, we ended up selling their home and we sold it for way over uh, their expectations, which was awesome. It was really awesome to do that. While we were showing the home, they went and they lived in their RV. They have their home down in Colorado now. And in a couple of days, their home here is going to close. And tomorrow, uh, by the way, they just sold their RV. Tomorrow, they're heading to Colorado to live in their new home and their new house. That was seven weeks ago. Seven weeks ago. Seven weeks later, they have completely, completely changed their lives. They're going to go live in a place that they've always wanted to live. They're going to be around people. They're going to be around family. And I was so inspired by them. And I hope you're inspired by that story too. Because I think a lot of times as we get older, we reach for security. There's nothing wrong with that. But also, we stop dreaming. We stopped living, and I'm so excited for them that they made a decision seven weeks ago. They were able to buy a house, sell a house, sell their RV, get everything taken care of, and now they get to start a new life in a place they've always wanted to live around family. So that's one of my favorite real estate stories of the year. Uh, how about you? Yeah, no, that, that, that is one of the favorite stories of the year as well. And the other one I always uh, go back to this year is uh, helping a couple where the, the man of the family is a, a wounded warrior, served his country bravely in the military, the armed services, and needed a different spot for his mental health. And I, I don't know what that is like. Uh, as we've said over the years, you and I have never served. Uh, in the in a military capacity, but we've definitely done our our fair share to help out those in the military, and so I just saw this particular client, and again they reached out because they heard our, us on the show and were listeners, and to to help him and her go from a place that was a great place, it was it's an awesome place. It just wasn't the right place when you're dealing with what he's dealing with uh, after he got out of the service. And so to get him out of that place and into a new place that does is going to be better for his mental health and the things that he's dealing with. Um, it definitely, it wasn't our biggest dollar amount transaction of the year, but in terms of like my connectedness, uh, because my motto when we got into real estate is like, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to do well and I want to do good. Like that's my, that's what I want to do. Uh, and that's my motto. That's my, the shortest, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? The, the purpose statement or mission statement. Mm -hmm. It's the shortest mission statement I ever came up with. Do well and do good. That, that encompasses my whole life philosophy. And I felt like we did it on that one, uh, where we really hit it out of the park and uh, we did well and we did good, uh, for everybody involved. And so it was, it was very, very meaningful to me. Yeah. Mine is do the best you can. And then a little bit more and try not to fart in church.
I might I might truncate that a little bit. Hmm? Take the first part out. That's my life mission statement. Try not to fart in church. He's wrong. I'm dying. My son is next door trying to spell the word dying. How do you spell that? Dye your hair versus I'm dying. Are you go figure that out? In the meantime, thanks you guys for listening to episode 185. We are licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you want that new buyer guide, seller guide, let's go on this journey. Right, Ron? Ron at Windermere.com. Also, our thanks to Les Schwab today. Stop by any Les Schwab location. Go to LesSchwab.com. They've been doing the right thing since 1952. The food drive is on, and we need your help, you guys. LesSchwab.com. It's Les Schwab. Put your head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. Only Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. Ha, 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 ha.